Hello and welcome everyone to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the only podcast on the internet covering the SmackDown 6 era of WWE's Thursday Night Offering, SmackDown. It went from 2002 until early 2004, and we are in early 2004, folks. Just a couple episodes left. I am your host, Matt Vaughn, and each week on this podcast, I have a guest host, a guest co-host, a guest ghost with me. Uh, and don't say boo to him. Uh, it's 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 Paramount's darling. Will Vaughn is here with us. Will, how are you? It was so poisoning. And after those two big microphone pops, Matt, I'm here to say, why did it have to be life, boy? I knew we shouldn't have used it to wash the mouth out. With soap and water. Uh, Credit to the mm, SmackDown mm. graphics department. Halfway through a broadcast of television, they taped broadcast. They had a graphic for the wash your mouth out with soap match. A match that was just invented that night on the spot. Invented that night. And somehow they scrambled. Kevin Dunn and his team, long may they reign, uh, got it done. <laughs> but Matt, I'm very excited to be back here. Yes. I can't wait to see... Who's something is going to be somethinged out with something this week on SmackDown? We're going to trash your mouth out with chocolate. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I'm glad you... that uh, I had to say this too. People say, Matthew, that uh, wrestling's a soap opera uh, for men and none, <laughs> you know, maybe perhaps none more true than last week. A little literal soap opera. They should have oh, had man. Aiden English come out there, sing a little bit. Uh, alas, he was probably. Wait, why? You know, oh, I guess he's Broadway, not really opera. He oh, had does a, he sing? Yeah, he's a singer. Yeah, he's a Broadway singer. Uh, okay. And he's married I don't, to I, uh, the daughter of a member of this uh, television program. Right, yes. She, he's a, uh, you know, technically, Eddie Gross, son-in-law, Eddie Gross. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We were talking about last week's show, and I'm not surprised you are, because the first ever <laughs> wash your mouth out with soap, and then that's not going to be that much fun match is great. Uh, Will, you may remember last week Tony Chimmel said that the loser gets their mouth washed out with soap. Not true. Uh, you know, it's, it's only the loser it. on one side. The other person was their, their their second. Their representative would get their mouth washed out with soap. Rhino, not washed out with soap. Lost the match. Soap-free man. This, but you know this, what? The, that consistency that we expect from WWE, folks. That's it. That's yeah. it. So we're talking not about the, the, the soap show, as they might say. We're talking about uh, the, the, the show before well, Rumble, Will. We're talking about the January 22nd, 2004 episode of SmackDown, which taped January 20th. Its location was the Target Center. In Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of Brock Lesnar, mentioned kind of only very briefly that he is the hometown boy, as far as I can recall. Yeah. Uh, TV rating, it did a 3.4. Did it beat Raw this week for the last time ever? Yes, indeed, it beat Raw. Because next wow. week is the Royal Rumble. Next, the week after that, it did not beat Raw. So this is it. This is the last time we get to to, to just glory in SmackDown, being uh, throwing off the shackles of being a B-show and saying, uh, no, no, more people will watch me this week. And that's, that's... how it worked. Wow, the go-home show for Monday Night Raw for Royal Rumble 2004 failed. Unbelievable stuff. I have no idea what the Raw card is. I only have one piece of information regarding Monday Night Raw. That was they used to tell it. They used to do rundowns complete with every other. They, they, they would say, here's what's happening on Raw. And now they're so weirdly agnostic to that where they're just like, I don't know what's happening to that. It's just Yeah, there's whatever. like a pay-per-view. They don't say anything about it. But even like the Royal Rumble card, they could break down the whole card. Like, yes. you know, it's like we're both on this. So we'll tell you ours. We'll tell you theirs. Uh, we'll have, um, you know, the Royal Rumble match, which is uh, thankfully 30 divides into two, Matt, very nicely. 15. Very nicely. It also divides into three pretty nicely, too. 
It does when it's ECW awesome. uh, starts uh, up their roster. Yeah, could, could 10, be could 10 be and ten. I don't think they do that. I don't think they do that. I was thinking more than XT, but you're, that's fair. Uh, the mm-hmm. attendance will and the uh, Target Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, did sixty five hundred and eighteen thousand eight hundred seat barn. So about a third full. So they're Seemed moving pretty full. Yeah, yeah, I mean, relative to you know the other shows they've done, yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy that these it's like most of the SmackDown shows are like yeah, it's like six thousand people, and the pay per views are like it's seventeen thousand. You're like okay, so the people are coming out to that, but not for the other stuff. Not to the TV. There was a uh, event, Matt, recently. I'm not going to uh, speak to. Oh my gosh, uh, Will obsessed with dating the show, dating the show so much he brought up I the said show flowers recently. Recently, and, and recently. Oh boy, yeah, okay. Uh, was done in a very large football stadium. It did about 48,000 out of maybe 70 that could fit in there. And they did a really good job of only having, like, fireworks on half the stadium. So it's, like, like really just, like, uh, making it, like, theater style, like shooting one side Truly. of the place. And then anytime they caught the other side, the entire upper area was just tarped off. Oh yeah. Well, most yeah. of the actually, I think most of the front area, almost all the front area, was taped, tarped off there. I saw some other pictures. Well, I should show you. I should send them to you. Right. Um, yeah. The fans take photos and they they're, they're chanting. I don't know what should, they're chanting something during this show. I think they chanted "We can't see" because they had the WrestleMania 35 problem. Yeah, Randy Orton AJ Styles match was uh, blinding to the fans in the upper bowl because for some reason they put on these like very bright uh, like yellowy orange crowd lights to to, right. to just illuminate the. The, the crowd there, and these poor people sat in that yellowy orange light well, for Will, 45 I mean, hours. I, there's also, you know, they couldn't see because, uh, you know, the show in question you're talking about, uh, a tractor held up part of the ring. That, yeah. So that also helped there be a bit of an issue there. Will, I'm, I'm just sending you a, a message here showing you what it looked like for the opening match on one side of the arena there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. more than just so the top section tarped off there, I would say. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That, so that, little- and that's what I thought, too. Yeah, so well, let's talk about uh, what happened on last week's episode. I mean, you were so eager, you just you kicked off with what happened on last week's episode here. Um, and so, just for the context of everybody who's watching this, just as a reminder, there were a bunch of Royal Rumble qualifying matches last week that came about in some wacky ways. Also, Chavo Guerrero's dad, Chavo Senior, came to SmackDown to apologize to his brother Eddie for his son Chavo Junior's actions, but it was a trick, and he also attacked Eddie. Also, John Cena and Rhino competed in the main event, and since John Cena won, he, quote-unquote, washed out Paul Heyman's mouth with soap, and he was pretty annoying doing it. It was very irritating. <laughs> he was being kind of like the guy in school you're like, or, or, or at work where you're like, ah, you think you're funny, but you're not. That's that's the vibe I got from him there. He's been funny and, and, and entertaining other times. This was the time I found him uh, irritating. Sure. Um and, and that could be like the the Vince maybe the Vince McMahon sense of humor trying to get through is like you got to do this. It's so funny if you do it like this, and you're really like you're just like okay. Sometimes Vince, you you're unintentionally funny. Other times, when you try to be funny, you fail miserably. When will we will we will that? When will we be rid of this meddlesome Vince? Is the real question. <laughs> Getting his nose and everything like that. Good grief. Anyway, Don't worry. Uh, at the time of this uh, show's recording, he'll mm-hmm. die in about four years. <laughs> And then yeah, not, we'll, for very obvious reasons, somewhat related to the show. Uh, let's talk about what happened on Velocity. The folks in uh, Minnesota would have seen that evening. In the dark match, Paul, Lund- L- Paul like I'm struggling to speak tonight, Will. I'm, t- I'm tongue-tied here. I'm having Paul a hard Newman. time telling you that Paul London oh, defeated Paul former WCW mainstay Lenny Lane for some reason he was there. Oh, wait. Is that Lat? No. You're thinking Lashley, aren't you? Lash I was thinking of Lash LaRue with the uh, the sideburns that are L's. 
Mm. Uh, I think that. Not Lash Legend from NXT 2.0. Lash LaRue. Right. A gentleman with really cool sideburns. This is Lenny Lane. Okay. <laughs> What's Lenny, Lenny Lane. Lane's, like, signature? I couldn't tell you. Time. Do you draw a damn dime? Dark match, Will. That's the problem. I have no way. I couldn't even well, tell you what he looks like. Dark match. Okay, you said velocity. Okay. Dark match. Anyway, start with velocity and then get, start with the dark matches and go from there. Okay, we're doing good. On velocity proper, only three matches. We had uh, the Basher brothers beat Ultimo Dragon and Funaki when a Basher rolled up Ultimo Dragon after he tried uh, for his flipping reverse DDT finisher. Uh, kind of ignominious almost end here for the Ultimo Dragon on the podcast. Just depressing uh, that he's okay. losing that way to the Bashams. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Orlando Jordan. Champions. What's that? They're the tag team champions, right? Yeah, but they're terrible and boring, and they're, they're awful. I know. Uh, Orlando Jordan beat local talent Matt Longtime with a power slam. I Matt like Longtime. Yeah, right? Matt, I mean, any, any thoughts? Any thoughts? Changing I mean, your name to Matt Longtime. For, I'm a first-time Longtime, so I get it. I appreciate what Matt Long, Longtime's doing there. Is he a guy like, yeah, he, he calls into like um, Mike and the Mad Dog. Is that the name of the show? He I calls so. into those guys all the time, you know? No, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying Longtime. It could be Launch, time, launch Team, for all I know. It is a German website you're getting the information from. So Matt launched him. Hit the hit the translate button up top. Finally, the world's greatest tag team beat Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati after hitting a super kick and jackknife cover combo. Um, yeah, so I think on probably Scotty? because what's I think it was on Scotty. I mean, sadly, okay. I mean Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati came to blows. Um, so that was what? Little, well, on the show last week when they were uh, set up to be in a, a Rumble Rumble qualifying match, I can only imagine that's still, you know, still smarts. They're still feeling the pain of it all. It's it just seems yeah. Matt, I don't know if you, uh, for our listeners, realize this. We have covered a Royal Rumble on this show before, but it's we did. Every yes, man, it's every man for himself, Matt. And uh, sure. you know, you could be in there with your uh, with your tag team partner, and you gotta. You got to work them. And in fact, that we might have a similar situation tonight on the show, where uh, very good uh, friends have a match involving each other. Yeah, let's let's dig into it, Will. Let's talk about the <laughs> SmackDown proper of this episode of the let's SmackDown. Let's get up Six for this podcast. show. Let's get up for this one. And so, first off, we have a curiosity, Will, because just like you, when I turned on my WWE network, I powered it up and it did its whole thing. Um, and it wasn't on Peacock because we're Canadian, so we still have the WWE Network. Apologies yeah. to our American fans. Uh, There's a curiosity. Sorry. This episode of SmackDown is only one hour and 18 minutes, which I would say is about a full six or seven minutes shorter than a normal episode. Yeah. And uh, unlike past times when I have been able to get my crack research team on things, I can only account for probably two of those minutes. So four or five other minutes are unaccounted for. I looked at some contemporaneous reports of the time and mm-hmm. uh, see no differences. So... I can only presume it may have just run short. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if I was really uh, really on the ball here, maybe I would have sprung for someone to send me uh, the, the kind of the downloads for the actual shows at the time so I get every single thing, all the ads in between, everything that got cut out. And instead, I wouldn't have to have to deal with this. So um, yeah. You don't got to worry about that. <laughs> I'm sure whatever they got. You know what? Sure, I whatever they cut was cut for a reason. We are enjoy. Here's the thing: we go back, we watch these matches, we enjoy ourselves. This is not a historical podcast. This is not a <laughs> academic exercise. This is a chance for you to come back with me and we're friends and talk we're going about week to some week. SmackDown. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So we begin with a video package showing us what happened on SmackDown two weeks ago when Los Guerreros lost a tag title match. When the Bastion Brothers attacked Eddie afterwards, and then Chavo let it happen before he attacked Eddie himself. Unbelievable. Then we see last week when 
Kurt Angle explained that Eddie's brother, Chavo Sr., was at SmackDown to apologize for his son, Chavo Jr., who supposedly wasn't there. So Eddie confronted Chavo Sr. in the ring. Then Chavo Jr. came out because he was actually there. And Chavo Sr. attacked Eddie from behind, leading to a beatdown on Eddie by the Chavos. Ugh. Kurt Angle ran down to save him, but the damage was done. And Michael Cole says the Guerrero family imploded before our very eyes. <laughs> Now, arguably, the Guerrero family might be stronger than ever. They just may have just concentrated all of their anger and frustration at one of the members of their family. <laughs> a lot of members of the family, man. If you're Eddie, you're right. do you go back home? Because, I mean, I presume that you're just going to get your, your butt kicked every time you, know, you come in. You're kind of like, Hector, are you here? And Hector just drops the beat. He's like, Eddie, we're all sick of you. We're essentially kicking you out of the family. They're talking about it like it's like the whole thing blew up. But we're like, we, we will kick your ass if you have a chance to. Grandma Guerrero will come here and lay the smack down. Everyone, yeah, she'll rat the lasso from El Paso on Eddie. He's like, oh, man, can't catch a break. Yeah, I'm such a bad time. It would not be muy bad, muy bien. Uh, no. And then we get the I Want It All rap intro, and Pyro explodes around the SmackDown fist. We're live to tape in Minneapolis, a mere 72 hours away from Royal Rumble 2004. Yeah. Once Thanks, again, I would encourage them at, at the <laughs> one-hour mark hours of the show. Away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and as, we'll see you in uh, in Philadelphia for the Rumble in 70 hours. In 70 hours. <laughs> Are we looking in the eyes of someone who wins 70 hours? It's <laughs> funny they don't really do that on the – they should do it you know, with, with the advent of the social media. You know, we, we're constantly in now, Matt, in communication with WWE. They're always updating me on right. stuff, right? Absolutely. Uh, every hour on their app, they should be like, we're only 31 days and 15 hours removed from the next premium live event <laughs> in uh, Cardiff. Which when they've done those, it's when they've had been like, hey, we're, we're going to talk to Cody Rhodes in 90 minutes. And they put like the countdown on Raw. I enjoy that. That's funny. Edge what gives him the tape and says, I'm going to show a video where, um, what was his countdown? Remember that? He's like, I got a oh, tape. Oh, it was impossible. That was just, that was like, like, like a truly impossible event took place where he had a tape. It was a countdown. The countdown was to something. And then, and somehow the, oh, like the tape was a Chiron of a, of a countdown on yes. there. And... <laughs> How did you do this edge? Because <laughs> uh, he's magic edge. tape. Look, man, you think you know him. Well, oh, tonight, Will, we we got a main event here. It's Eddie Guerrero oh, and Kurt yeah. Angle against Chavo Jr. and Chavo Sr. Main Chavo event. Classic, baby. Main event. That's it. Now, Will, I talked to you before the weekend. I got on the mic here. I got to say, I would argue right now, Chavo versus Eddie is the number one with a bullet feud on the show. Yeah. I would say yeah. number two, John Cena and Chris Benoit preparing for the Royal Rumble against Paul Heyman. That's the clear number two to me. And then number three. Is the WWE Championship match almost a distant third too? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's like, there's like, I think Fudaki's trying got to... some business in there as well. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe Spanky spilled some chili on uh, Farouk or something. That's also in there. And then we have uh, the WWE Championship <laughs> match after that. Chili spilled coffee on him. It says, "Hope I didn't burn you." I like Jericho and Kane from like 2001. Um, right. Like, why aren't we like trying to heat up? We're trying to heat up Hardcore Holly by not having him on television. They're assuming that we like knew him really, really well before. I guess like they, they, they've quit on him already, though. They've, they've obviously quit on him. Where they they're like, has not working. Is, all he has is the full Nelson. That that's it. Like no one's really concerned about anything else in his arsenal. I find the full Nelson. Oh, is I know such it's a... something that's missing on the show too. Please, okay, yeah, okay. So, the Billy Gun Countdown. Where's yeah, we'll one? talk about it. We'll talk okay, about okay. it, man. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now that's that's the one, and I'll talk. And I have it when it when it shows up here. So, well, thank uh, you. Okay, I'm sorry. I I, yeah. ju I just realized now, just because Billy's uh, number three was uh, his tag team title win 
And uh, it was against Bob Holly and uh, One Two Three Kid from that Monday That's Night right. that I watched. Um, they, they've given up on Hardcore Holly, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know though, Matt. There's some words that Big Show says that the on this show that uh, made me kind of think. You know, I kind of did a double take. I was like, you know, Big Show's got a point, um, but we'll get to that when we get to it later. Okay, on. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm excited to find out about it. Uh, speaking of, um, you'll be disappointed. People who are one, two, three, the size of kids. Rey Mysterio's got a match here against Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> it's a, a non title match because Chuck Palumbo has all his limbs and he is over 225 pounds. Yeah. So we see footage from last week when Rey Mysterio tried once again to save Jamie Noble's temporarily blinded girlfriend, Nydia, and Jamie Noble attacked him. And uh, Cole says you can't measure the heart of Rey Mysterio, and Taz adds, and the speed, which isn't tr- is not true. Speed is very measurable, eminently measurable. That's like. Do you guys know what the NFL Combine is? Or like any sort of like athletic... What are the Olympics? You're literally just, measuring speed. That's the entire thing is. You can't measure speed. Well, you can't. He's just fat. He's fast, though, too. He's got a big heart and big... He's got big legs. He's got big legs. Can't measure those. Put that measuring tape away. Get the hell out of here. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> just accept everything I say. <laughs> so Ray Mysterio gets low bridge and falls to the ropes at the hands of Johnny Stamble. He's on the outside with Nunzio. They're the FBI guys. They're back at Ray up here. And Ray gets dropped pretty well here with a back suplex from Chuck Palumbo. And then Cole tells us... <clears throat> That Rey Mysterio's Crossing Borders song from the WWE Originals album tells oh, a story yeah. of the trials Rey had to overcome to be a champion in WWE. That yeah. is a uh, it's a song performed and supposedly written, I suppose, by Rey Mysterio from an album. This is entirely original songs performed by WWE wrestlers. Well, I thought of you when I saw this come up. I think from the last week. Is this something? Do you remember this? Did you watch? Did you, like? Did you read? Did you listen to a song recently? You're making a face at me that says something. What are you saying to me? You're making a face that says something. I had this album. Of course I had, had this, this album. album. What are you, crazy out of your mind? Do you remember right. anything about this album? Do you remember Crossing Borders? Was there any standout track? So, uh, well, I got to say the, the Chris Jericho track was a standout to me because he's the only one who has like a real uh, a real band. Right. Um, he performed well, John his- C- uh, John Cena. Uh, well, John Cena. Uh, I have some words about what John Cena says about his uh, song uh, when he comes mm-hmm. out. Right. later in the uh, in the program uh i'm just gonna yeah so there's a whole running gag uh speaking of like stuff that's maybe funny but you'll probably find quite annoying a running gag of <laughs> steve austin he's in the studio with jim johnson and uh he's oh, yes. uh gonna record a song but he just wants some beer so it's one of those albums that has right. like a, a a running skit in it uh and it has i think five segments so there's where the beer, mm-hmm. and then did you feel it, and yeah. then you change the lyrics, and then drink your beer, and then don't that taste good? These are the uh, these are the um, uh, tracks uh, on there. I'm just trying to pull up the okay. So he's where the beer. So Tori Wilson has a song. Uh, Kurt Angle really? does. Yeah, Tori Wilson's song is called. Uh, well, okay. So the first song on the uh, I'm gonna go into this. The first song on the album is a song called yeah. "We've Had Enough." Yes. Um, what you could have, what you should have, what you could have done. Yeah. Um, and it's the Dudley Boys. It's this big diss track from the Devon, Bubba Ray, our good friends, the Dudley Who's Boys. Who's it directed to? Uh, you know, all you uh, punks out there. All you all you punks. That's um, it. So, so no one, you know, they didn't, they didn't pull a Macho Man Randy Savage and name check somebody. And it's, say, not, it's not being man, Hogan. Yeah, don't be scared. Yeah. You're watch, running for the Macho Man's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. They're gonna like beat people up, right? This is a, you know, it's a very wrestling song. There you go. Yeah, 
uh, honeys, they got the eye on the cable. Uh, I don't know what that means. Okay, so, uh, and then there's I Just Want You by Trish Stratus. This is kind of a, um, right. like a ballad, a, a Trish Stratus ballad. It's like kind of a slow jam, you know, uh, and uh, th- that's that's a nice one. Uh, and then there's Crossing Borders by Ray Mysterio, uh, which I do remember was the orig- the official song of No Way Out, uh, which will be our pay-per-view that we won't cover on the show, but it comes out uh, uh, next month's pay-per-view. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, he just, uh, it's one of those songs where he's just rapping in English and then he just says some Spanish words in there. Um, there's a Booker T song called Can You Dig It? There's a Kurt Angle song called I Don't Suck, uh, parenthetical, really, by Kurt Angle. Oh and it's gosh. his theme music, but it's just like, but he just goes, I don't suck. I don't suck. I don't. And then, uh, he just kind of like talk sings throughout the whole thing. Right. You know, he's like, uh, uh, I know one look is depressing to see because you know, you can't be better than me. Start at the bottom <laughs> and long for the top. I'll always be here to make your dreams stop. Uh, and he goes on and on about, he's great. And, uh, you're not Matt. Okay. He's great. Can I just say th- th- that like, if you, if he wasn't like, like talk singing, that sort of thing, that sounds like something you would say, if you uh, on the old WWF Warzone games where you'd like mouse over somebody and they'd be like, "I'm the one who's gonna make you stop," right? Like that's like <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It's like you picked you you pick Bret Hart. I'll be executing ex- excellence on you. Things like that. You pick the best. I'm the best. Best there is. The best there was. The best there ever will be. Uh, so oh, following this is uh, a little punk Rocky song by uh, one uh, Amy Dumas called When I Get You Alone. Uh, it sounds so like a ballad, though. Uh, it's not the same as I Just Want You. Okay. Uh, and then there's, uh, oh, yeah, and then Stacy has a song as well. And Lillian does. And, the, and Lillian follows this song called, it's well, called Lillian. You Just Don't Know Me At All. And uh, oh. I guess the song title speaks for itself. But again, one of the only real singers on the uh on the track uh here comes the only li- only song i've seen performed live i saw this performed at SummerSlam day 2004 at the uh almost called the pacific national exhibition no it's the canadian national exhibition in toronto right uh and it's called don't you wish you were me uh and he uses this as a theme song for a short time but people didn't quite take to this matt like they took to judas you know can i can i just say can i can i try to sing it as i recall it uh, please, yeah, it's your show. Don't you wish you were me, the king of all you say, and don't you wish you were me. That's all I know. It ain't that easy. <laughs> uh, he also made a um, version of this for Stacker 2. He's like, okay. don't you want to feel the sting? Uh, Actually, amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did. Feel he, the he mentioned sting. it in the book. He's like, we just do like a sellout version of this uh, of this song. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good tune, uh, and uh, we're back to this. We're almost done. Oh, Matt, <laughs> here comes your favorite one right here. Yeah, go for it. Speaking of ballads, yes, Rikishi coming in hot. Put a little ass on it. Put a little ass on it. And that, and the vibe is like it's it's a ballad, or like it's Put is it like a slow ass jam on it? Oh boy. Put a little ass on it. I don't know if he goes that high. But... Uh, and that? then, uh, of course, there's uh, "Why Can't We Just Dance" by Stacy Keebler. Okay, yeah, starts with the word, the the, the query. Don't you just want to dance? And um, sometimes, yeah. I guess. And then, uh, of course, yes, it ends with uh, basic thugonomics. Uh, John Cena uh, featuring trademark 
produced by DJ Chaos and John Cena. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about um, how he feels about this song later in the show. But everyone knows this one because it's his uh, theme song before he got the theme song that would be way bigger than this one, like enormously way bigger, like memed to death and, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Rapido, Matt, that's all I got to say. Uh, but that is the WWE Originals album. Uh, that's it. And uh, I wonder what, um, what's that company? Pitchfork. I wonder what Pitchfork gave uh, WWE oh, Originals. Pitchfork, uh, fam- I think they're famously pretty harsh, right? And they're yes. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, let, let me let me finish up by telling people about the Rings, Drew, Chuck Palumbo match. Yeah, you can tell yeah, me what they say. Talk about that. that. But uh, yes, Crossing Borders. Crossing Borders. The, uh, oh, and the Guerreros also have a song too. Yes. Did they mention that one? Okay. They they uh, mentioned on the show they're like they have one on there from before their their conflict. They're better times. Yeah. So In better times. Yeah, that's the sweet way they put it. So Ray Mysterio <laughs> gets put on the top rope. Chuck Palumbo's on the second rope, and Ray does a kind of jumping senton from the top rope onto Palumbo on the second rope, which is an example, another example of Ray doing something I've seen him do recently, which is just moves that are brand new to me, <laughs> things that I've never like really laid eyes on before. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, Ray reverses a wheelbarrow into a victory roll for two, and then Ray gets a springboard moonsault into a reverse DDT, which is straight out of the offense of AJ Styles from this time period, which is hilarious to see. I was like, oh, he's just copying the phenomenal one back when he was in NWA TNA. Oh. Uh, probably not, not uh, he was probably NWA champion at some point around then. Is it true that uh, the action never stopped on that show, Matt? I was told it was totally nonstop. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought, um, too. Yeah, um, and then, then, but here's Ray getting smacked down by getting kicked hard in the face shortly after that little bit of offense he kicks out of that and then ray dives onto chuck palumbo who catches him and then when palumbo tries to flip ray onto his shoulders ray pops over palumbo and rolls him up for the one two and the three so ray mysterio beats chuck palumbo in a non-title contest yeah i i I could have called roll up finish for this one a mile away yeah pretty pretty clearly uh, very recently on a show that uh, Matt and I maybe discussed uh, just uh, minutes earlier, Ray pulled out Nasai Moonsault that uh, 20 years after his WWE debut and just a couple years, you know, uh, re- many, many, many years removed from Ultimo Dragon. It was excellent. It was fantastic. And right? You know, he'll do another 20, I bet. It, quite possibly. Because Almost there's no not. pension for these guys. <laughs> well, Ray's got his money in his mask. He's fine. He I mean, does. We, and uh, he, Victoria Beer. Uh, he's a big. Uh, he has this weird thing with Victoria Beer. Oh. Um, which is, is Victoria Beer a beer, beer or a woman named Victoria Beer? Victoria Beer is. Um, it's uh, Lisa. Um, What's her name? Not Lisa Marie. Uh, I'm trying to say Victoria's shoot name. Anyway, I'm failing. Um, but oh, uh, like Lisa, yeah, he like, uh, had this weird thing with the Victoria beer. It's a Mexican beer, like a, yeah. a beverage for yourself, an adult beverage, uh, where like he's got Victoria on his mask, and anytime in the last like couple years of premium live events, anytime Ray's come out, it's like, yeah, we just want to mention Victoria beer. Uh, you can get it delivered to your house, Victoria, the original Mexican beer. Uh, here's Ray Mysterio. You know, it's like unrelated. I think he owns. He's got to have a stake in the company or something. I guess so. That's some sort of Jimmy John's thing, probably. I guess Victoria right, would yeah. also be is it, is it like that's like that would be like victory in Spanish as well, I imagine. Yes, yeah, yeah. Presumably. Well good for Ray. Well, for Ray. he should you know, he should get out of uh beer and get get into kombucha, Matt, and he can do uh, lucha kombucha. What do you think about that? I think he has to do that because that's a great idea. And it sounds anybody, amazing. Anybody into lucha kombucha? Okay. 
I love it. You know, he. I mean, unfortunately, there was no uh, funky drinks for him because after the match, the FBI jumped Rey Mysterio. They they hit their Sicilian slice, which is kind of like de- demolitions decapitation finisher. They hit that on Ray. Yeah. Um, as they set that up, Jamie Noble's music hits. <laughs> and the commentators wonder what this is all about, but it's Jamie Noble. He's mad at Rey Mysterio. It's not a nice thing. And so he gets to the ring, and Jamie Noble gives Nunzio a wad of cash. The commentators connect the dots. That Ray was taken out by the FBI on purpose. And I really hope, Will, that Nunzio gave Noble the family discount since they are, in fact, cousins. That's exactly what I had in my notes. I was like, oh, please say something about them being related for the love of Pete. Uh, cr- crazy they wouldn't do that. They have to bring uh, it up. Wonder if he gave him the family discount. They are cousins, you know, Taz. Oh, yeah, pretty smart remembering that, Cole. <laughs> Remember when I thought Nunzio was going to be like 600-pound guy? <laughs> yeah, it's a little joke. It was pretty funny. <laughs> We got an interview with Paul Heyman coming up, and we see some footage from last week when John Cena beat Rhino in a match, which meant that Paul Heyman had to get his mouth washed out with soap, which mostly involved licking and biting a bar of soap, while Heyman was in a sharpshooter courtesy of Chris Benoit, while John Cena yelled at him in an annoying fashion. And, <laughs> and so Paul Heyman is in the interview area with Josh Matthews, and he says, tonight is a new era. He cites Vince McMahon as a guy who pulled wrestling out of smoky bingo halls, which... Pretty funny coming from the guy who is Mr. Bingo Hollis, wrestling, essentially. <laughs> right. It's like, you are the guy. Uh, and uh, Heyman says wrestling was based on the puritanical values of the United States. Just pulling that out of his ass, <laughs> Love I think. It. Are these, uh, with that kind of a $10 word, by the way, Matt, puritanical? He's, he's got I a couple so. of these. He's got, he's like, he says at one point, like, take out his, um, uh, it's like, Big Show has to take out his, like, aggressions or his, like, emotional something on uh, Chris Ron John Cena. He's, he's using these, uh, yeah, very flowery, flowery language. While he's doing this, it yep. looks like he's looking Josh in the eye and he's darting off to look at something else. So I think he's looking at cue cards. And when they reveal, when they do the reveal in a second, it's very funny to me to think of who's holding up cue cards because of where they're standing in relation to Paul. Right. That would be very difficult to do. Uh yeah, it's also I, I'm a little bit annoyed with the Paul Heyman being like, ah, like uh, wrestling, we need to clean it up, that sort of thing. Uh, I feel like I want someone to comment and be like, hey, uh, isn't he a little bit uh, hypocritical? This uh, Paul Heyman guy, like that would be such an easy addition to this whole conversation to be like, ah, oh, what a hypocrite he is. He's the friggin' uh, he's he's the ECW guy. This is so silly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah heard a story about a show recently and that wasn't uh, good. From the ECW days. It yeah. sounds to me, Matt, like, yeah, they want this. They want somebody for this role. But Paul's just not really the right guy to do it if you follow wrestling logic, right? Like, right. I, I like it. He could even be like, I used to enjoy, you know, the debauchery. And, and right. now it's just like, but I've found Jesus or something. And then people can do it. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, just drop that on us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it'd be like, I've seen the error of my ways. And he just becomes the guy who wants to clean it up. Cause like, it's very obvious that he's supposed to be like the moral high ground heel. And everybody likes John Cena and Chris Benoit. Cause they're badasses, man. Especially John Cena. He says such naughty stuff. It's so much fun. Oh man. He says just the naughtiest stuff. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, and so Paul Heyman says tonight, John Cena and Chris Benoit are in a match against Rhino. And they reveal and the Rhino pulls back to show Rhino. Yeah. And then they're also in a match against Matt Morgan. Again, the camera pulls back, so we see Matt Morgan and Big Show. We see the Big Show and Brock Lesnar. And all these four guys were flanking Josh Matthews and Paul Heyman the entire time and with some creative cutting made it seem like they were not, in fact, there. Uh, but and they were there. 
And there are also just like a couple of like you can see a couple of eyes and noses behind Brock and uh, Big Show. And we find out later who they are. They're just like a police escort for this restraining order that I completely forgot about. Um, I'm kidding. I wonder why you forgot about it, Will. Such an important storyline. I mean, I don't know. Need to last more than one week for that. (laughs) Uh, So the way Paul's looking. So Rhino and uh, Matt Morgan are to his right and Brock and Big Show are directly across from him. So I'm just imagining. Brock Lesnar standing there with the cue card, like, you got this, buddy. And he holds it, <laughs> you know, and Paul, like, kind of, like, looks at it's Josh and darts along. over there and looks at it. And then, you know, and, of course, the last cue card, Matt, that uh, Brock says, uh, has is, uh, to me, you are perfect. You're perfect. Exactly. This also would would be a better uh, image if it wasn't the um, splash page for the uh, episode on the WWE Network of Paul standing amongst oh, all these guys. They but do this did, all the time. I did, I did enjoy the uh, the reveal of all these these guys. Rhino taking place. Rhino on this team. So out of these four guys, I wonder yep. which guy could possibly lose and have it not matter at all. Well, oh, Matt Morgan too, though. Matt, who cares? I mean, Matt, Matt Morgan, Morgan lost too. before Summer Survivor Series, right? Did he lose before? I guess he did. Yeah, I think he did. Right? I think there was. I think no, he made a loss to like Kurt right. Angle or something. They, yeah, they did not protect the big guys uh, before the Survivor Series matchup. No, they did not. Then, Will, look, I don't want to tell Josh Matthews how to do his job, but of course, if I'm interviewing a guy and he brings four enormous guys to flank him at the interview, I might lead with, hey, what on earth is this about? Instead of being like, oh, I'll just kind of, you know, hand you this question. And be like, no, no, you're a journalist. You are. You have four gargantuan men around him. Maybe that might factor into his plans for the night or at least at least make him say, just let me get to it. And I'm like, OK, so in kayfabe. Paul Heyman is uh, has an interview right with Josh, and I mm-hmm. even forget the leading question Josh says because Paul just goes on and on. So what's Paul going to yeah. say? Paul's going to be like, "I'm going to be here, and I got these four guys. Don't." S-, and he says to the cameraman, "This is in kayfabe. Keep it on me. I'm going to do a dramatic reveal of each guy to really freak out their opponents. <laughs> he really has to. Di- he has to direct all that action too. He has to be like, "Yes, yeah. I'll start here when I say run. I want you to pull back and see run. Okay, we need. Run. To, okay, yeah. we need to move Matt Morgan and Big Show. Yeah. I don't say Big Show second. I want to say him third because Brock's going to be there and." Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll have him there. Reveal and... the champion last, of course. How's the light? Hit the lighting on his face. Can we get another? Can we get a fill light here? Maybe can we get something in? Can we make up touches. Can we get final touches, please? <laughs> We're trying to. This is a professional television show, folks. We're trying to be raw here. Three point five. <laughs> That's what we're aiming for. <laughs> trying to. I'm obviously trying to be raw here. Trying to be raw wanna, here. Let's go. I want Bischoff to grovel, guys. They're Bischoff. in month five of Triple H against Shawn Michaels. How can we beat this? <laughs> So Chavo Guerrero is in the back with his father, Chavo Sr., and Chavito is wearing a Los Guerrero shirt. And Chavo says he and his father are the OG Guerrero, so he can still wear it. <clears throat> and Kurt Angle is nearby, and Chavo Sr. tells him to stay out of Guerrero family business. And Kurt says, since he was tricked by these guys, it's now his business, which I think is a fair point. Yeah, I think so. He made it his business. Uh, Chavo says Kurt doesn't know what it's like to grow up with an older brother figure like Eddie. But Kurt says, hey, actually, I had four older brothers. So, yeah, I did, and I won a gold medal punk, which I thought was a good comeback from that. So, it's all, Look, man, it's always a trump card. He's, he's wearing it around his neck. It, d- it doesn't take long for him to bring it up, and it shouldn't. You know, If I won a gold hey, medal, I'd never shut up about it, I promise you. You ever hear about Eric Angle, huh? Yeah, yeah. my brother. Yeah, yeah. just like that. Uh, you ever hear of Everett Angle? You ever hear of you know? Ramondo Angle? Yeah. Wow. Really? Ramondo. That'd be great. I love that. Just, just like, third brother. Kind of Mexican name. <laughs> so Tajiri versus Billy Kidman is our next matchup here. It is a Royal Rumble qualifying match. And we're told, of course, there's another match happening later on tonight. The most na- obvious natural match match in the world. A triple threat match between Akio, Sakoda, and Bradshaw. And the winner gets in the Royal Rumble. 
Hell yeah, dude. I don't know who's getting in. I don't know who's getting in. I can't call it. We're also told number 30 at the Royal Rumble this year is Goldberg. Big Billy. Big Billy boy, the gold man himself, is number 30. And so Jujiri versus Billy Kidman here, Will. We got Kidman. He counters Jujiri's handspring up with a dropkick when Jujiri is flying backwards, which is always good. We got kind of nice variations on handling how Jujiri's flipping handspringiness. And then Kidman drags Jujiri for a shooting star press, which misses. And at this point, it's like, okay, well, I feel like you're going to lose because you're not like you're going to miss and then hit it later. This is not going to be a you know 20-minute match here, Kidman. Yeah. I feel like the tricks Selfish. are kind of clear. It's a BK match on TV. Yeah. You, you, so, you don't have time. So he, he hits the shooting star press, which is to say he misses. He hits the mat. And as he's getting up, Tajiri buzzsaw kicks him, and he punches a ticket to the Rumble by pinning Billy Kay. Tajiri going to the Rumble um, to see if he can get into the main event of WrestleMania 20. I got, I got a Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. That's happening. I got a a good feeling about this. Right? This this is why. This is why. And I, you know, I'm almost loath to bring up No Mercy again. But No Mercy for the N64 was a video game. They had a great championship mode where you would be in matches with their full-on storylines with different <laughs> matches involved and, uh, and and they would take on the storylines of kind of like 99 2000 uh, and it was fantastic it was the best and i wished every video game from there on would have the same controls same storyline thing but they don't do that instead what i think would be good would be if you could go through and like play this time and as you play as Tajiri, or, and, and you kind of take the, the Chris Benoit spot, and you get to put in the you know that main event to WrestleMania instead, and it just be it'd be just so much fun to do it. I would have someone you could be the, the the Brock Lesnar spot. It is very fun to imagine a situation where it's more or less the same game as as uh, No Mercy, but the refreshed roster with all those guys. They put in the different championship modes. You did put it did deal with a hardcore Holly thing. That'd be kind of fun. Anyway, <laughs> I think it'd be great, and I'm, it's tragic that you can't do that. There's mods, I'm sure. Maybe you know. There's people who the can do it. The mods are always, I agree. Yeah, there are mods for sure, for sure, for sure. There's the mods no are always like mods. Kind of janky, kind of janky, and you can't play mm-hmm. on the console either. The idea that you can get a mod on the cartridge is a, is a is a difficult proposition. You always have to play Look, on you the can't, actual. You can't say mod without odd, right? So it's true. Yeah, something odd. I haven't said before on this podcast, which I I don't, I don't think I've said before, but I wish I had. If I hadn't already said it, was WrestleMania 2000, which was the uh, predecessor to No Mercy 64. And you could make pay-per-views in that. So you could go through and make you know, similar shows to this, these pay-per-views. Like and you make just make a card? Yeah, you just make a card. But the best part, Will, was not playing the matches. It was simulating the matches. <laughs> because if you simulated a match, you could either watch it, which is an insane thing to do. That you would watch the computer faces themselves. Uh, but then you could do is you could, you could simulate a match. And what you would often get, which would make me laugh amazingly, <laughs> was you would have a match. It would be like Kane versus the Big Boss Man. And apologies if I brought this up on the show before, by the way, folks. I don't think Entirely so. Possible. Kane versus the Big Boss Man, and you would get you'd simulate it, and it would be it would say, "Oh, that match was fifty-four minutes, and Kane won by submission." <laughs> 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 or it's like, or it's like Road Dog versus Billy Gunn, thirty-eight minutes count out victory, count out loss, or something. It was this seriously is the Dallas like... Sportatorium. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I remember I took some photo, like, because I, I played it recently, because you can go back and actually play it there. And I remember, um, yeah, taking some photos of it because they were so special. These dumb little uh, match results, and I wish I could find this. I could read one off to you right now, but unfortunately, I cannot. Oh, uh, anyway, they were they were just like that. So if you can go through, if you can find WrestleMania 2000, uh, originally for the. Um, 
for the N64, you will find some pretty amazing, uh, amazing <laughs> stuff in there. So, uh, maybe, uh, maybe they did that as a rib, you know? These like insane uh, match simulations that would never happen in a million years. I genuinely don't know how <sighs> they. I, I I don't know what they did to like come up with this stuff. It's like insane. So we've got Big Show and Brock Lesnar walking around the back, and Big Show is annoyed by Brock Lesnar shadowing him. And Big Show, you know, he's got a restraining order against Hardcore Holly, and so Brock Lesnar is trying to take advantage of him by being kind of like right there, uh, so that he also gets to benefit from that restraining order. Uh, and so Big Show says, you know, hey Brock, you've been following me around all week. Um, I, you know, I need time to myself. And Brock says, look, you know, because because I followed you around, I've gained 15 pounds. You're, I'm always around you when you're, when you're burping and farting, and he's just eating everything, burping, farting. Yeah, Brock, not a fan, not a fan of having to deal with all that. Uh, and so Big Show leaves, and so it's like, okay, so what's going to happen with this? I mean, these guys, these guys also have to figure out how to get along because. You know, we've got them in a, you know, a, 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 their, their handicap match tonight. They're the four-on-two match. Uh, so we've got to hope that, you know, despite, you know, the c- concerns about the, the gas being em- emitted and all these sorts of things, that they can actually get along and um, get something of themselves here. This and was so, the spot yeah. that uh, that uh, Big Show is bringing up, uh, that uh, Hardcore Holly has nothing to lose. You broke Hardcore Holly's neck. Maybe Hardcore Holly's going to break your neck, and I'll win the Royal Rumble. And I don't care if I face you with a broken neck or I face somebody else. Um, so, you know, stuff, it got, it got real for a second backstage. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's, 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 he's launching with some, yeah, some real heat there. Interesting. We'll see who's uh, standing tall at the end of this match, though. Right. Well, we got another match here. We got A-Train against somebody. Uh, is our next match here. And A-Train, uh, beardless, for reasons that are entirely his, unclear. He, shaved, he misheard the chant. He shaved his beard. He's like, well, this is what everybody wants. You know, he shaves it and he's like, what do you guys think? And people are like, no, shave your back. Oh, back. Well, you missed, you missed your beard by a considerable margin, uh, A-Train. That's really crazy that you would do that. Seems heavily to even do, but you did it. Unbelievable stuff. Man, oh, man. Um, so Don Marie comes out. She's been kind of an emissary for uh, Paul Heyman recently, so that's why she's making an appearance here. Uh, and she says, look. Uh, you, this match is a Royal Rumble qualifier, and it's against someone who's beaten you recently, A-Train, and his name is Shannon Moore. So Don Marie points out how small Shannon Moore really is. Yeah, 5'7", so 195. That's it. So we start off here. A-Train tosses Shannon Moore into the turnbuckle, uh, leading him to essentially land on his dang neck, which is uh, not fun for him. Yeah. Felt bad for him. Yeah. yeah uh, and then su- suddenly, for reasons that are entirely unclear, Ernest the Cat Miller is here dancing. Hey, remember me? I'm on the roster. Here we go. I'm on the roster. So A-Train gets distracted, which is only reasonable. Uh, so so Shinamore trips A-Train, rolls him up, and he only gets a count of two. And this is where Michael Cole tells me maybe the most baffling piece of information I'm going to hear tonight, which is that Ernest the Cat Miller is already in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> so we've got all these guys who are in these qualifying. Former Cruiserweight champion, matches. Billy Kidman. You're out. You don't get yeah. it. Yeah, you don't get it. You have to earn your way in, and guess what? Uh, you know who doesn't have to turn your way in is the goofball of all goofballs. He hasn't had a match yet. Right. I mean, maybe uh, they're just like trying to force his hand. Be like, look, we want to see him actually wrestle in a match. So this is the only way we can really do it. I bet he's going to go. Oh, I can already see how it's going to happen now. You can see it coming a mile away. I remember I remember some details of this. <laughs> At least a little bit. I remember Ernest the Cat Miller. I think I might be remembering next week's SmackDown, though, and not the uh, Royal Rumble instead. Oh, so we'll see if okay. we can get that right or not. All right, right. So, uh, 
Yeah, so silly. So outside the ring, Shannon Moore gets swung into the steel steps. And then he takes a derailleur backbreaker in the ring. And A-Train pins him. He is in the Royal Rumble. Hell yeah, dude. He's going to win. Paul Heyman is in his office with his four-man team. And it's going up against Ben Juan Cena. And Heyman says he's got a special chair set up. Uh, but also, Big Show is missing. And the crew is curious about that, but they don't seem overly worried about it. So, I don't know. They're just kind of like, well, you know. Things, yeah. Worst things have happened, I guess. There's something in his office I liked. I thought it was a nice touch. He has yes. uh, probably something you can get on, uh, you know, WDBShop.com now if you're one of those psycho fans. Right. They sell them probably for like 2000 bucks a pop, and there's like, there's only 500 available. Oh, they're all gone. Uh, he has like a uh, like a frame, this big framed photo of his, mm-hmm. his three like title reigns, basically. And he has like a replica belt yes. uh, for each one of these things. Uh, for Brock's first title reign, Big Show's title reign, and then Brock's presumably second title reign. Right. Uh, he's got uh, photos of all of those up in his uh, in his office. Yeah, we saw, we think we saw at least two of them last time. Such yeah, it's kind of curious to have those there. I thought it was a little strange to have them with the like the belts themselves. It's kind of like oh, I mean, it makes me feel like the 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 belt itself is not as real as I want it to be in a weird way. Maybe I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess you're just like it's a replica. It's like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Sure. Sure. So. Yeah. We get a video package. Yeah, we get a video package showing when Brock Lesnar dropped Harker Holly on his neck and broke it. This is a slightly edited rerun of the videos they did last month when Holly told Brock he was going to break his neck, and now he's back. Um, in his career. It's funny to me that Brock Lesnar dropping Harker Holly on his neck is not really a strike against Brock's legacy. Like you never, when people are talking about like you know Brock's relative quality, it's never like Brock Lesnar. I mean, of course, you know, sloppy worker hurt. Uh, you know, hurt hardcore Holly. Like, that doesn't come up. No one's mad about it, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is totally strange, but it's just like, yeah, no, it's not a concern. People are fine with it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I thought that weird. And so we see the ringside area here, and there's a variation on a lifeguard chair set up at ringside. Is that how we, the best way to describe it, Will? Right? It's a, it's a large chair on kind of like a wooden kind of platformy thing. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of like a big lifeguard chair. Because what could be beachier? Then Minneapolis, Minnesota on January 20th, 2004. I don't know where they found this thing. I mean, I guess there's lakes, you know, right. with lifeguard towers in uh, Minnesota. Um, but yes, the, the ring crew comes. I think Michael Cole says, it's a lifeguard tower or something. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Well, they're not in use, so it might be it. I'm going to see. Maybe maybe the Target Center has a, uh, a community pool attached to it, and they just carried it through. Oh, okay, yeah, it could be used in a pool, too. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah. I'm sorry, people of Minnesota. Apology accepted, Will. Um, Thank you. Uh, so we've got John Cena and Chris Benoit going up against Brock Lesnar, Rhino, Matt Morgan, and the big show. This is announced as a two-on-four match. They don't use the word handicap. Good. I don't know why. Good. Every now and then, they bridge. don't use the word handicap. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, very progressive, but then they do use it. Uh, and I don't quite understand kind of the, the ins and outs or why they do or don't use it. Um, so, yeah. In this case, they don't use it. Two on four match. John Cena comes out and he raps. Will, I got to ask you, Will. You're you're, (laughs) kind of a classic guy. Uh, You know, your whole vibe is you love to rap. You love to do the John Cena raps. Will, can you lay a John Cena rap on us here? All right. Last week, Paul Heyman, I'm here to apologize. Because when fat ass was eating soap, I should have rubbed some in his eyes. It was Paul Heyman who made the match. Ain't no way I'm stopping it. Last week he was chewing soap. That fool is just used to dropping it. 
And it's ironic that his favorite team is the New York Yankees. Who is his favorite Lil Rascal? Alfalfa? Or is it Spanky? Or is it Brock? I hear they gave each other naked back rubs. Big Show's got the neck brace. He was bobbing for apples in Paul's bathtub. Tonight is just like the Rumble. Competition is soft. People attack me. I throw them out. They just keep beating them off. So this is one of his worst ones. <laughs> it's and really bad, right? Like every, it's like, but every line gets like a, uh, like uh, you want to get like the, oh, from a crowd. But every yeah. line is like, oh. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know if it's a groan or a, a uh, you know, a, uh, a sign of encouragement. But everyone's just like, oh, that's what you get. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you when you reminded me that he said, talked about uh, bombing for apples in Paul Heyman's bathtub, I just kind of shook my head and was like, what are we doing here? The worst is the little rascals. Like, Alfalfa is spanky. Like, okay, I think that's really – that's a reach. That's a reach. Really yeah. a reach. It's pretty bad. So, yeah, I, 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 I describe that as mostly soap-associated gay jokes. <laughs> Bro, uh, Mr. Co- also, uh, yeah. Cole said that Cena talked about his song "Word Life" uh, on the WWE Originals album. Yeah. Cena says his song is "quote hotter than a fat chick in the summer in the projects." Unquote. So, just, in the uh, projects, I don't like because that suggests that uh, a, a often kind of I think points to a, a maybe a, a woman of color, and uh, I don't like yeah. that John Cena invoking that. That makes me mad. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why he's going to add that last little detail. In the I don't appreciate it. In the what project he, specifically. What's he doing? I think he's imagining the uh, the smooth mu- music video, right? He's imagining some sort of uh, Harlem right. situation. The, uh, the, 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 the the hydrants are open. Yeah, just like the ocean there. under the moon. Same as the emotion I get from you. You know? Right. Well, I pre- that was a smooth transition. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman. Uh, kind of a throwback it. from him, which is funny. And then he comes to a more frequent site in later years, interestingly enough. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, and then uh, Taz says some people are cheering Brock, which makes sense because they're in Minneapolis. But I didn't really hear anything. Like the fact that this is Brock Lesnar's hometown is kind of like completely un- like I just it's so barely mark- remarked upon. It's weird. Yeah. Chimel says from Minneapolis, Minnesota, people are like, oh, that's where yeah. we are. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. Probably because they're but like, the- oh man, I wish he was like, I wish I could like see him wrestle in the recent weeks or have a feud I care about. I wish he had the champion on television more. Isn't that yeah, crazy? Exactly. Oh, man. So um, I will also say here, Matt Morgan is already a big afterthought. Like, I have Matt Morgan's here as well, you know, a guy we debuted, and now he's just a guy he's just around sort of. Cole tries. He's like, Matt Morgan is a monster. Like, he and really like, tries I mean, to yeah. put over his size. And it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we, Sorry, we need – we need almost anything else to make it to go beyond just, oh, man, what a what a beast he is. Uh, Big Show is announced, but he gets no pyro and he doesn't show up. Unclear to me if he doesn't show up because there's no pyro or what it is. It's hard to, you know, kind of where's the, is the which is the, the what comes first, right? Chicken and the egg, the pyro or the attendance or what it is. The so here's a are, kayfabe. Yeah. Here's a kayfabe question. Yeah. Where do we think the person who cues the music is? Are they in gorilla position? I mean, I we, assume so. Where else would they be? So the guy's there. He's like, okay, yeah. so we got all the guys lined up here. Okay, Brock. Beep. <laughs> And then, you know, all right, Matt, here we go, buddy. Beep, yeah. beep. You know, and Big Show, here we go. Beep. Big Show. Show. Anybody see? Like, he just, he's not there, and he plays his music anyway. Like, shouldn't he just, like... It feels like somebody's a guy in a headset coming out, like, with a clipboard, like... <laughs> <laughs> be so much better. We don't have him. 
we don't know where he is. <laughs> Will's doing a great job. He kind of exaggerated. Like, I'm imagining a, like a harried, like 26-year-old producer. He's stressed out of his mind looking for a big show. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> Man, Will, this isn't a video podcast. You can't do this much gold here. <laughs> the producer's like now begging 19, them for like other big show to come out. 1930s, like Little Stooges. <laughs> yeah, Little Stooges. Three Stooges sketch or something. Little Stooges. Little, Little Stooges. Stooges, the uh, prequel to Three Stooges. Check it out. Paramount Tell Plus. Yeah, fall. I was gonna say, is it not on? Is, that, is there not like twenty-five minute episodes on Hulu right now, or something like that? Little Stooges. Who owns the Who owns the Three Stooges now? This is a question people want to ask. But yes, very stupid. They're just like playing Big Show's music, and he's not there. Yes, and, uh, I believe the Three Stooges are owned by Quebecor. Will. Uh, is that <laughs> the people who own the uh, arena yeah, yeah. in uh, Quebec City own the Three Stooges for reasons that make zero sense whatsoever. So yeah, about big big show not not there, but we go to the back and we see that someone has parked a forklift in front of Big Show's door, which I call the old Halifax move. The old Halifax maneuver, of course. Yes. That was the FBI that uh, almost caved in a room that Brock Lesnar was locked in. That's right, somewhere in, in the, Halifax. And the a World Trade Convention, <laughs> World Trade Limited, uh, that little. Uh, Company in Halifax would be pretty mad about that. They lost that. Now, Michael Cole is yelling about this. Like, Big Show's not around. This is a huge deal. But I would say a three-on-two handicap match, especially with these guys, still pretty advantageous for the bad guys here. I would say. I'd, I'd very much say so. And and it's a so it's a, it's a forklift. Is this parked in front of the door? And these guys working on it are like, there's no keys. I can't move it. I don't know. And then when we cut it. back to them after the commercial break, they're just like, Put it in neutral. We'll push it. <laughs> really, I think he even say he's got a match. Like it's not far off from my like, uh, you know, to his twenty six year old intern that comes out. Uh, it's not far from that. These it's just it's just all these people coming to look at it. It's kind of like another Christmas story thing. It's like holy cow, it's the fire department. Like everyone just comes to check out this problem. And it's like yeah, you know, it's like. Let's throw more people at the problem and see what happens. They're just like, well, he's stuck in there, I guess. I love, I love. He's got a match. Like they were like, you know, ordinarily, you know, Big Show, he's stuck in his room. Okay, that's a part. You know, we have to take care of that. But like, you know, we don't need him around. But he's got a match. It's like this is part of this is an important part of the show here. We got to figure out how to do this because this is this is mission critical here. It's the only thing he's got to do, folks. It's the only thing we pay him for to wrestle in, in wrestling matches. That's it. That's why. That's why he's around. That's why we're doing all this. So. Brock starts off with Chris Benoit, but since he's recently tapped out to Chris Benoit on the crossface, Brock tags out of the match pretty much as soon as he can. And so John Cena gets set up as the babyface in peril. And Taz is being all aggro about the tag rules here. He's directing a lot of grief at Michael Cole, saying he's making excuses for the referee. And, I, you know, I, I sometimes want Taz to be more of a heel commentator, but it doesn't feel as fun when he does it as it does with somebody like Jerry Lawler or Paul Heyman, because it feels like my buddy is being a jerk instead of being an unthreatening goof. Yeah, especially like old school Jerry Lawler. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, he's like um, advocating for things. So you're kind of like, well, no one takes this idiot seriously. So when he makes fun of Jr., you're kind of like, well, I mean, you're you're kind of getting hit on by a guy. You know, you're getting getting you know talked down to by a guy who's you cannot take seriously at all. Yeah, always with McMahon. He's like, oh, I love McMahon. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I just and Taz just has more of an edge to him, which is kind of the kind of the whole Taz thing, I guess. So I'm not, I'm not I don't get as much uh, enjoyment out of it. He's a lovable goofball. True. So Cena, Cena finally gets the tag. I think right before that, uh, Brock Lesnar taunts him with the "You can't see me" hand, which he enjoys a lot. And so Cena gets tagged in, and or sorry, Cena gets the tag rather uh, to Benoit. Benoit runs wild, handing out German suplexes to Brock Lesnar, and Brock reverses one. But then Benoit moves, and Rhino comes in, and he gores Brock. 
And then Matt Morton comes in. He takes a couple of German suplexes. Then Benoit goes up for a headbutt. But then comes Brock. And he goes for an F5. But Benoit gets a crossface instead. And Brock is so close to tapping out, it would seem. But in comes Rhino, who promptly destroys Benoit with a big spine buster. Yeah. And so Brock grabs his belt and heads to the back. And from the entrance runs Hardcore Holly, who is taking advantage of Brock being more than 50 feet away from Big Show. So Hardcore Holly is in here. Holly goes for a full Nelson on Brock Lesnar, which we uh, still are treating as a neck-breaking move for some reason. I understand it would not be a fun experience to take a full Nelson, especially from a, a, uh, a full-on wrestler. But they do you could break someone's head with it would be uh, quite unpleasant. Uh, break your really, head. I don't know. Break your, break your head. Just cave it in. Um, I don't quite get it. Now, the other thing I don't quite get is why this isn't a disqualification. Because, uh, you know, Hardcore Holly is attacking Brock Lesnar. I guess the ref's dealing this with the stuff in the ring is... Uh, okay. Can't do two things yeah. at once? Can't shoot bubblegum and walk at the same time they're a referee? No, that's famously what happens in tag team matches, that like the ref's distracted by something in the ring, and then something goes on behind him. It happens in every oh, match, actually. Yeah. I Also, I'm just gonna, I should say, Hardcore Holly should be trying to like pile drive Brock or something, or trying to like powerbomb in the same way. I just think that would be more uh, more effective. Like A pile driver to me is much more like, oh man, you're trying to break his neck. Yeah, I mean, look at Andy Kaufman, what he had to deal with, you know, speaking of Jerry Lawler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now, security comes out to break up Brock and Harker Holly, and when they pull Holly off, Brock takes the opportunity to hit a cheap shot on Holly, who takes him out. And uh, so, yeah, now uh, there's no Brock Lesnar, there's no big show, and so now it's just Rhino and Matt Morgan against uh, Chris Benoit and John Cena. Wow, formidable. Yeah, I know. So Benoit is now the babyface apparel. And so Rhino clobbers Cena on the apron to invent a tag, uh, and he hits Benoit with a belly-to-belly slam right after, and then a gore. But that that only gets two because John Cena comes in and breaks up that pin. Uh, then Benoit tags in Cena, who gets the flipping throwback cutter on Rhino, and then he hits his weird standing elbow on uh, on Rhino as well. Well, do you, this this elbow thing that he's doing here, he kind of abandons this at one point, right? Because he doesn't keep doing this. Like it's kind of awkward looking. I thought it was like a bent over leg drop. I had it in my notes as like John Cena, you know, starts starts working the five moves of doom here. See, he right? would do the leg drop later on, but he's not yeah. doing that exact thing here. He does this weird, uh, this weird uh, elbow drop thing on like a standing opponent. Kind of feels like a cop out. Doesn't look great. Yeah, it's not a great. It's just yeah, it's not a great look for sure. Uh, and so Rhino goes for Gore. Cena sidesteps and Rhino hits a middle turnbuckle and then gets rolled up for two. And then an FU on Rhino, finishes it afterward. It gives the team of John Cena and Chris Benoit the win. They win a kind of 4-on-2 handicap match, although it's more of a 3-on-2 and then finally more of a 2-on-2. So not uh, not overly uh, difficult for them. All yeah, but then they've got a 1-on-2 situation coming up, though. That's right. Well, right, right afterwards, you have Matt Morgan, he attacks Cena, and Benoit saves him from a powerbomb. And then Cena and Benoit, they turn their sights on this one guy, Paul Heyman, in his chair. Because the whole time, just remember, folks, the whole time Paul Heyman is watching this match from a lifeguard chair, almost just because he can. Like right uh, right up against the ring, too. Yeah. Like right right next to it. So it's very He's easy right to, there. like, reach this man from inside the ring. Be easy to reach this man regardless, actually. It's right. Not like, he's not like the firefighter up there in the ladder in the Sobeys parking lot. Oh, it's man. much easier to get. That used to be a thing for just a uh, to, to raise money. I think is what they would do. Yeah, I think it's from I think it was for muscular dystrophy. Yeah, you put money in a boot, and you and there's a guy who just hang out up there all weekend. Yep. Good for him. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, Cena and Ben when they look at Paul Heyman who's in this chair, it's kind of awkward, right? And so they grab the chair and they dump it. Uh, so Paul Heyman falls into the ring from the chair, 
But then all of a sudden, here comes Big Show. He got out of that room. Uh, he's also got those Renacops still. Um, and, and as soon as I see the Renacops, I'm like, look, we don't need that. Harker Holly already came out to attack Brock. We don't need <laughs> Big Show's dumb security detail. It doesn't matter anymore. We don't care. Harker Holly kind of doesn't care about Big Show. Definitely doesn't care no. about Big Show. He's, he's, I think he's very clear. He's only after one guy. Was it ever revealed? I, I know we discussed SmackDown 6 Mysteries uh, a couple episodes ago. Right. Did it say that Hardcore Holly parked that forklift there, or one of John Cena or Chris Benoit parked it there? Like, I think Holly. I think Holly put it there. I think it's what I understand. I thought maybe that we would... saw him do it, or like he walked away from it. But yeah, maybe that's I, one that... of the things that was cut. I think uh, it's yeah, exactly. It's like a ten minutes, ten minute period. Ten minutes there. of him Austin Powersing this uh, forklift in the right well, spot. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do with it? Of course, that's the only way to do. Only thing to do. Uh, see so yeah, a big show. He takes off his neck brace. He's had this neck brace for a couple weeks since uh, Harker Holly beat him in a street fight. He takes it off. He decimates Ben once. Cena. he beats on them both and he hits them both with choke slams. And to put an exclamation point on it, big show tosses both Benoit and Cena over the top rope, just like he'll have to do this Sunday at the Royal rumble. But he made it look so easy, man. What, what is, how are 29 other guys supposed to stop him? I think Taz says no, no one man can throw big show over the top rope. It's very true. Interesting. Uh, and Michael Cole says, will Big Show rule the Rumble match come Sunday in Philadelphia? And with that, we go off the air. No, wait, sorry. There's still 20 minutes left, but that's 100% how you would end the SmackDown like this. Oh, yeah. It's like verbatim what they would do. And we take a break. We come back to see Big Show's destruction all over again. And from there, we go into the very normal match. Bradshaw versus Akio versus Sakota, a triple threat Royal Rumble qualifying match. So this is a triple threat match. Bradshaw comes out first, mm-hmm. of course. And then Akio and Sakota get announced together. At a combined weight, they share theme music. They just come out together. They share a weight, too. That's they strange. Sh- they, they share the combined weight of 492 pounds or something like that. How many times has a, a man and his opponent been been <laughs> given the same, you know, shared a weight in an introduction? That's pretty wild. Yeah. I, Pr- pretty wild. I uh, we're told Bradshaw is on Fox News this weekend. Um, yeah. I, you'd stick around probably to hear about how terrible John Kerry is, presumably. It's you know, Jerry 2004. <laughs> We're on the on the road to November 2004, so I'm sure that's oh, probably yeah. a conversation on that Four show. Four more years. Four more years. And so we get to our sponsors for the evening, Will. We have Cell Tech and Nitro Tech, which appear to be protein powders that feature a Brock Lesnar endorsement, it would seem. I know they're protein powders or like kind of some kind of supplement or something. Uh, I like that there's sure. just two products that sound cool but really what the hell do they do cell tech and nitro tech so cell tech is is technology for your cells yeah nitro is what technology for your nitrogen in your blood or something like that like it doesn't i don't know these these don't mean anything to me yeah they mean they truly mean nothing uh which i respect in a way um there's also also the game sonic heroes which is a 3d platformer for all major consoles yeah uh and uh burger king uh your urge to come on the fire is ready Sonic so. Heroes is billed as the game that never gets old. The that game is quite... that never gets old. What a statement! A huge, hugely. Um, like, yeah, good, good job trying to sell it to people. Effectively, we promise right. you, you'll never get bored of this ever in your life. Wow. You only need to buy okay. one video game for the rest of your life. Um, Pratchett, he's playing games out here. He's dominating until Tajiri's dudes do some effective double teaming. Uh, and then both guys, they keep breaking up the pinfalls, though. So Akio covers uh, covers Bradshaw. Sakota takes him off, vice versa. They're not really making any headway here. Yeah. And so Bradshaw goes for his clothesline from hell. He misses, and he gets neat out of the ring. I was like, okay, that's interesting. What's going to happen here? 
Uh, now he comes back in, he boots down Sakoda. Then Akio, Akio goes for a top rope nothing to end all top rope nothings. And he gets hit by a standing clothesline from hell for the easy one, two, three. Oh, yeah. And so, Will, you seem to enjoy that uh, top rope nothing, I would say. That's, anytime there's an opportunity for a top rope nothing, it just it pleases me. It pleases me yes. greatly. It, fit just, it, 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 it sits well with me. It is well with my soul. And so, Will, one of the reasons we hit on, hit on earlier here, one of the reasons the show is short is we, we got a segment missing here. we got Billy Gunn's Best of uh, Countdown. He's at number one. It's edited off the network. It's edited off of Peacock. Um, I, it's right online. Somebody supposed it might be a, an issue with a rights issue with the song that's involved. I'm not sure. Will, do you want to guess what the number one Billy Gunn moment was? Uh, no. I have, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea what it could be. His first tag team title win as a smoking gun is when he won King of the Ring, like his only kind of signature singles moment I can think of. Uh, and now you say something with a song. I have no idea. Uh, it was his uh, boarded gay wedding to Chuck Palumbo. Oh, I don't know why. It was number one. It's just totally strange. They get their so, asses kicked. I know. It's also funny just because, like, we... You, if you're watching these shows, you watch Billy Gunn, hey, number three, hey, next week, number two, and then no number one ever <laughs> just doesn't come up again. <laughs> uh, now, the fact that I wasn't, like, clamoring for it when I watched the episode, like, I, I made no note of it. It just came to me as we were talking, Matt. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, tells you something. Yeah, it's true. Um, now, Will, that, that's some content that's not in the show. Can I tell you some content that did happen? Please. Um I want to tell you, Will, I found my WrestleMania 2000 uh, couple of pay-per-views here with the uh, the the matches that were uh, simulated. Can I tell you – can I run I down these matches for you here? The simulated six. I want to hear about it. Yeah. All right. So, there's okay, there's a, a Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett match. I actually played that one, as I recall. Okay. Um, this was on Sunday Night Heat at the end of June. It was a draw. Jeff Hardy, Midian. They both they were there was a double count at forty three minutes and twenty one seconds. <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Uh the match I mentioned earlier was at Kane versus Big Boss Man. Kane won in fifty one minutes and thirty one seconds into submission here. Uh also on the show, uh sorry, King of the Ring on the paper after that. Jeff Hardy beat Gangrel by count out after forty eight minutes and three seconds. <laughs> in the singles match, Shane McMahon defeated Christian via pinfall in fifty seven minutes and twenty five seconds. Um Dude Love and Pat Patterson. Oh, sorry. It was a, th- it was a triple threat match. I mean, Dude Love, Pat Patterson, and Mankind. Mankind won. He made someone submit in that match after 54 minutes. Um, this has to be a glitch. Like, maybe they meant the, the five to be a one. Because uh, this is insane. I love like, it. I how long are it. all these matches combined? Does it have a total length of show? It's like now, a well- seven-hour show. <laughs> this is insane. Now, well, is they're, not, they're not all short. Abuse. They're not all short because... Uh, there's a China Big Show match at WrestleMania that was a one-minute countout draw. And then a tag team match, Do Love and Cactus Jack beat Prince Albert and Thrasher in 32 minutes. <laughs> and then a relatively normal match, still stupid, though. A Mr. Ass beat Mark Henry in 15 minutes by submission. So uh, WrestleMania 2000, if you go through the road to WrestleMania, you simulate some of the cards, you get some absolute gold. <laughs> some it's bangers. all very, very fun and stupid. So I encourage uh, you to go find that. They made me happy. I had to find those again to tell Will about them. So Still might be better than uh, than head cheese, but, you know. What does it Not really by a lot. Um, so Kurt what Angle, back to regular, uh, real uh, SmackDown events and occurrences here. Kurt Angle comes to see Eddie Guerrero in the back. And he says they have to focus on winning tonight, not on revenge. 
He says it's about channeling emotions. That's how you win the Rumble. That's how you become a world champion. And then we see Rey Mysterio. He's in studio here. He's dropping the track for WWE Originals, which we just talked about earlier in the show here. Um, he, he muses about uh, his potential of being a hip-hop star. I mean, the idea that you know a Spanish-speaking uh, person would be a wrestler and a rap sensation is crazy, Will. It would never happen. Uh, can we finish this show quick, too? Because I got a bullet train to catch. Ah, uh, yes, very good. Uh, so uh, there's also footage of a music video. And, Will, does this exist anywhere? And I, I, I looked it up, and it does. So YouTube, if you want to find it's Ray's Crossing, there, right? Crossing yeah. Borders music video, why ever it is there is unclear to me, but it is there. Yeah. So you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. Uh, yeah, so we get to our main event for the night, Will. Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero against what, who I call the Chavos. Los Chavos. I call them the Chavos, too, on my, on my, on my notes. It's only right. It's only fitting. Uh, so Cole mentions that Eddie and Chavo, like I said, they recorded a match for a track rather for WWE originals and happier times. And, uh, Kurt asks Eddie to start things off. Uh, and so he, like, he wants to start things off and then he tags Eddie in, uh, seemingly just to give him a high five, but it's a tag team match that counts as a tag. And so, uh, we have <laughs> later on, we have Chavo senior come in, he goes up against Kurt Angle and he bumps pretty well for a guy in his fifties. Hey man, he's got wrestling in his blood. Apparently. Uh, you know, recently, well, uh, not to date the show too much, there's been times where uh, older men were wrestling and it made people anxious uh, in recent weeks. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of reluctance there. Uh, so, glad to see the Chavo Sr. is uh, okay by the end of all this. By the way, at the time of this episode's release, uh, R.I.P. to uh, Nature Boy. Oh, boy. Uh, we... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. But yes, uh, I didn't see the event in question. I had no desire to. And it sounds like I didn't miss anything because it sounded like exactly what I thought it would be, which is yeah, that's, uncomfortable. That sounds about right. Yeah, I heard a lot of like, yeah, a lot of concern for that. <laughs> that's not cool. Uh, but Chavo, this Chavo senior, he stays around for like years. Uh, I mean, he, he ends up being a, a cruiserweight champion later on. <laughs> Sad to say. Let's call him Chavo Classic instead of Chavo Senior. And uh, he lived, uh, so he's in his 50s. Yeah, he lived to like 2017. So, yeah. What's that? Almost 70, right? 69 years old, something like that. Yeah. I mean, you wish we had more years, Chavo Senior, but, uh, you know, we have what we had. He had so. He's having a heck of a run. I mean, he shows up one week and he's got a match the next week and he's got gear and he's got everything. He's ready to go. Uh, right. Of course, wrestles in a shirt, which we all we all thank him for. Um, do we talk, Matt? Do you talk last week about the age gap um, explanation? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Explanation? I, I, I just, what do you mean? I just, not explanation, but just like uh, Chavosin is born in forty nine. He had yes. uh, Eddie was born in sixty seven, and Chavo right. was born in seventy, which is why there's only three years between Eddie and Chavo. Okay, yeah, yeah. We didn't, I didn't um, get to, into into the very specifics of that, but I'm grateful you did because that's good to know. The very specifics, which is good. I know there's a big age difference between obviously uh, Chavo Senior and uh, and uh, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I think Eddie being the youngest there and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. You can see the resemblance though. When you look at them, right? Sure. Oh yeah, I'm brothers. He is happy uh, to him. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So Eddie and Chavo Junior finally end up in the ring together, and Eddie uh, ends up knocking Chavo out of the ring, which leads to Eddie getting jumped by both Chavos. And so Eddie ends up being the babyface in peril. Kind of interesting for this match for him to be that. I would, I would kind of think that maybe he would be in the position to run wild, but instead Kurt does. He gets tagged in. He runs wild. He German suplexes Chavo Sr. He grabs an ankle lock on Chavo Jr. And Kurt gets Sr. up for the angle slam, but Jr. chop blocks Kurt. And Sr. drops the match. Uh, sorry, 
uh, so he drops the mat, which would still hurt because he was up for an angle slam when when Kurt got uh, chop blocked. Not really took saving exact, him. Took the exact same bump. Yes, he's like I would I would chop block Kurt and then maybe catch your dad, <laughs> or have him like kind of fall on you. You know. Yeah, exactly. Do that. Um, and so Eddie and Kurt happy. both. Yeah, that's right. Eddie and Kurt both grab suplexes on the chavos, but after Kurt uh, hits his, he grabs his eye. And the commentators figure it was a result of a thumb to the eye, but I looked. I ran the There's tape no, back. No such well, thumb to the eye. Full Zapruder style will. I saw no yeah. thumbs. Back and to the left. No. No. I did. Yeah, I looked and everything like that. I was like, hey, if you look here, I can't do the Costner impression from there, unfortunately. Wish I could. Early 90s Costner. If I could do an early 90s Costner impression, I think I would be able to rule the world, honestly. That's kind of the prime time. Anyway. It's true. So, yeah. <laughs> so Kurt is hurt. He's grabbing his eye. He got hit in the eye so bad he's fully blinded. Uh, and so uh, Eddie comes over to Kurt to kind of check on him. Now, Kurt, not knowing who he is, supposedly, Eddie gets angle slammed by Kurt Angle, his own partner. Because Kurt what? just naturally, he just is a hair trigger, angle slams a guy. And so uh, Kurt rolls out of the ring, his eye still hurts, and the referees call for help for Kurt. And then in the ring, Chavo Sr. DDTs Eddie, and Chavo Jr. hits a frog splash to get the one, the two, and the three on Eddie just a few days away from Royal Rumble where Chavo Jr. and Eddie will meet one-on-one. And Taz says, Eddie's emotions got the best of him. No, I think uh, I think Kurt no. Angle got the best of him, right? Blind Kurt Angle did. The, the, yes, yeah. His emotions had nothing to do with it. He just got yeah. beat because his teammate angle slammed him and he got frog splash. He didn't do anything to let the emotions get the best of him. What is he talking no, about? Not at all. I'm f- full of it here. This is Ta- this Taz has decided to bookend the show by saying things like, you can't measure race speed. And also, Eddie <laughs> was blaming to blame for that. Just very silly for Taz to do that. Yeah. So Chavo jaws at Eddie from the entrance. And Eddie shakes with, I'll say, emotion as we go off the air. Ah, it's getting the best best of him. It is there. Yeah. Although, was it rage or sadness? I, I keep thinking it's sadness, but I think it's, we're supposed to think Eddie's just more mad than anything here. Yeah, I think he's he's moved beyond his sadness, right? Because he's saying that he yeah. wants to, like, beat the hell out of Chavo for, uh, you know, he did turning his back on the family, you know? It's going to teach him a lesson. Right. The old school way. Yeah, it makes sense. So, Will, that's how it actually went off the air. Not that, uh, that big show fake out from earlier. So... Well, I'd love to get your final thoughts on this sh- this show. This right, we're leading up here to Royal Rumble, and I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. And I'd love for you to rate the show too. Will, as you may know, we use the SmackDown video games of this era to rate the show. If it was a good show, you would say just bring it. If it was mm-hmm. an eh show, you would say shut your mouth. Okay. If it was a bad show, you would say here comes the pain, or maybe there went the pain. Maybe I should change that for the last two episodes. Who knows? Will, I'd love to get your thoughts on the show and what you would rate it. Uh, this one's probably a. Shut your mouth for me. It's an okay. odd sort of show, kind of okay. meaningless feeling Royal Rumble qualifying matches. And it doesn't really have like a strong feeling that we're going to the Royal Rumble in a, I don't know, in a cool way. Like the title match really doesn't mean anything. I don't think anyone thinks Hardcore Holly has a, a snowball's chance in a, you know, a Minnesota parking lot of becoming WWE champion two months before. WrestleMania 20 in New York City, which is obviously going to be like their biggest show. You know, they're trying to make it their biggest show ever, obviously. They've been hyping right. it for, for months now, right? Uh, and uh, I do like the the Eddie and, and Chavo stuff. I find that compelling because it's Eddie. I like Eddie a lot. And we'll see what Kurt's involvement, how that changes in the coming weeks. Uh, and then everything else is just kind of happens. It's a shut your mouth for me, man. Yeah, I respect that. You know, I, I really think... 
I thought they were going somewhere with uh, with the Hardcore Holly. Like, I think if they kept it up, maybe they could have had it be uh, something more compelling leading up to it there, I think. But uh, but, but at this point, I think they've, they've just fully given up on it, and so it's completely unrealistic to think that, uh, that he would have any chance whatsoever of being yeah. the champion. So it's like, I don't know. I just wish they didn't quit like that. This bums me out. Um, oh, yeah. Although, yeah. although I'm also gonna, I say bums me out. I don't want Hargrove to be but anyway. It just feels like a waste, and I, and I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't feel like 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 wasting Brock Lesnar. That that said, will I will say, for weeks I've been complaining about the star power being completely missing for SmackDown, and uh, this show makes up for it in a major way. We got Brock Lesnar, we got Kurt Angle, we got Chris Benoit. They're all wrestling. Uh, for me, you know, the Royal Rumble is a little bit more fleshed out, even though the the matches that were the matches for setting up the uh, uh, the participants was a bit silly. Took up some more time. I'm going to give us a gentle Just Bring It. Okay. A gentle, a light Just Bring It. Just a touch of Just Bringing It. Um, and so, well, that's going to do it for us this episode. Uh, next show we'll be covering is Royal Rumble 2004. It is the second last episode of this podcast. Penultimate. Penultimate, indeed. So, uh, yeah. Stick to... Come back to us next week for that, and the week after, we're going to shut this whole thing down. We got, uh, we're got we powering down. It's going to be – yeah, it's a big deal, and I'm excited. And I'm excited, Will, that you could join me for this show tonight. Uh, thanks for being in Minneapolis with us, Will, and for talking to us all, through all the WWE originals. Much appreciated. Oh, that was my strongest contribution to the show in a long time. I uh, was happy sure. to be here and discuss it, and uh, yeah, I can't believe uh, uh, we're only uh, – this is the last last third. We're in the last quarter, as they say. Of, We're just 14 uh, days away from the final episode of the SmackDown 6 podcast, as they would say. Yeah, that's right. How, how many hours would that be? Uh, let's see. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, I'll let somebody else figure it out. But, uh, yeah, Matt, thanks for having me, and uh, I look forward to the uh, the next two. Yeah. Now, Will, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Now, folks, everybody, uh, you can uh, follow us on social media, SmackDown 6, SmackDown 6 Pod, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can uh, write us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. It can still help us. Maybe it'll help us for future projects as well. Who knows? Oh. Uh, what we're doing in the podcast sphere going forward. More to come on that in the coming weeks. Um, so, yeah, if you like the show, you can share it with a friend as well. Uh, and uh, now, Will, I'm just going to set up this large uh, kind of uh, chair, not dissimilar to a lifeguard's chair here. Where did you as get that for the end of the podcast. Well, you know, it's not really important, but I have it here. And I'm just going to sit up here, and hopefully no one will knock it off me off Okay, well, enjoy your ivory tower, Matt. Thank you. I shall. Have a good week, folks.